Grief. I touched into grief the night my father died. The call came from my stepmother, Ina. Frank has had a heart attack. He's dead. Like the poet William Stafford, hearing the news of his father's death, I drove in from the west that night to find her at the lighted door. Like Stafford, I too stood in the darkness, on the threshold of truth, still a truant from knowing. There was a story from the past that my father and I had told and retold over the years, of how we parked the car one night in a downpour and walked to the end of a seawall. Like Stafford and his father, we were cut off, out there in the darkness, alone. We stood together, casting our lines. The rain hammered, lashing the foaming sea as a tiny boat, tossed on the whitecaps, sliced the darkness. And like Stafford, we too stood composed, knowing we could go home. Circle of Breath The night my father died, the moon shone on the snow, and I drove in from the west. Mother was at the door. All the light in the room extended like a shadow. Truant from knowing, I stood where the great dark fell. There was a time before, something we used to tell, how we parked the car in a storm and walked into the field to know how it was to be cut off, out there in the dark alone. My father and I stood together while the storm went by. A windmill was there in the field, giving its little cry, while we stood calm in ourselves, knowing we could go home. But I stood on the skull of the world that night, the night he died, and knew that I'd least a place to live with my white breath. Truant no more, I stepped forward and learned his death. William Stafford. He'd been laid on an old rug on the floor of his bedroom, placed there by the police attending the scene, who took my name as they passed me a business card and offered condolences. I knelt in close, head to head, and cradled him. The police withdrew from the doorway, giving us space. He was the same, but different. Intensely familiar, but the habits of our old intimacy had fled. The wink, the nod, my hand in his big brawny mitt, his gentle squeeze that said, I love you. I took his hand by impulse, squeezed and said, I love you too, Dad, as the tears came, truant no more, wetting both our faces. Death disrupts the habits of a lifetime. My old partner could no longer play his part in our long-running double act. I grieved for both of us, for what we'd shared, for what we hadn't, and for what had ended. The next day I went to the morgue to see him again with one of my sisters. We sat with him in a small viewing room, still awed by his presence shocked by his new silence. I lingered after my sister vacated the room. I needed to talk to him for a while longer 
and touch him again for the last time. I rang John, a mate whose father had recently died. John knew my father, and I knew his, and he'd rung me many times as his father lay dying, and later, in the wake of his death. He picked up, and I told him I was sitting with Dad, my late father, Frank Gaffney. I shared my shock and my grief, the unexpected suddenness of his passing, how I'd taken him to lunch for his birthday just a week before, Chinese at the local RSL club where he'd played host, recommending choice dishes while he insisted on buying the beers, a couple of Guinness for the Irishman and his boy, his firstborn. Like always, we traded news, stories, jokes, gossip. He asked about my cancer. I asked about his litany of chronic diseases. He was a walking miracle. Nothing could kill him, I thought. I'll die before he does. And now this, I told John, the end of an era. <laughs>